Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence, so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. Fantastic. It is time for another Successfully Unemployed show. I am super excited that you're here. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit your job by having side hustles, by creating businesses, by having investments, and doing every single thing that you can do to not work a J-O-B, that just over broke job. I want to get you out of that, and I want to show you that there are so many different ways to make money. Usually, we go to school, and then we get taught, you go to school, you go to college, and you get a job, and then you buy a house, and you retire when you're 65 years old. Well, why not retire when you are 55 years old, or 45 years old, or 35, or 25 years old for that matter? I was 37 years old when I quit my job, my just overbroke job. I quit that job because I had investments. I had rental properties that made me money every single month, $250 or more from each property. After 30 properties, I was like, why in the world am I still working? And this is the amazing thing about finding other ways to make money. Real estate is just one of the many, many different ways. Having websites is another one of many, many different ways. There are so many great ways for you to quit your job. And that's what I'm here to show you how to do. Now, in today's show, we're going to be interviewing a fantastic businessman who actually started working at Target pushing carts, then worked his way up the ladder to where he eventually became a general manager of a target and at the same time started a side hustle of a college website. And from there, working 10, 11 years on it, it now became a full-time business, quit Target, and now has an amazing business that helps 3 million people or more a month with their finances, with cutting out debt and all these great things. Now, along with a business of having a website, having something that reaches people through the internet. He also has real estate and he also has other ways that he makes money. And I want to show you that there are so many ways to make money with passive income. Go and get my book, the How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income, my best selling book. It's on Amazon right now. I'm selling it right now, but I want to give it to you literally for free. If you go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book, I will literally give you my book for free in PDF form. You can start reading it. There even has 10 different ways that you could start creating passive income right now. I want you to get started. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book and get my free book right away and start changing your life with passive income. Now let's jump into today's show where we're talking with a fantastic businessman, investor, and all around great guy, Robert Farrington of The College Investor. All right, let's start the show. All right, now I am super excited to have a friend of mine come on the show. He is a fantastic investor, but also a fantastic person, a normal person just like us. And he also has a fantastic business, actually probably multiple businesses and investments in real estate. But um, I'm super excited to bring the college investor, Robert Farrington. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Dustin. This is great. Awesome, man. So we've known each other for about a year now, and I look forward to all the, these conversations, talking about business and growing our businesses together. You have so much wealth of knowledge, everything that you've done from beginning to now, and I know you're going to be taken off even more. So now I want to know, uh, how did you, it, like, what was the first thought that you could eventually never have a job? Like basically quit working for somebody else and have your own business where you are financially independent. How, how did that come about? You know, what's so funny is if we went back and found a podcast from maybe five years ago, I didn't actually think this would actually be a thing. Uh, I was super comfortable in my day job, honestly. Uh, this was a great side business. It was a great hobby. But what I didn't realize, it was kind of building these building blocks over time. See, I had my day job. I was comfortable. I knew what I was doing. I was paid well. And the hobby that I had at the time, the college investor, was earning good money. And that was enabling us to like unlock our financial goals, right? Uh, I was able to pay off my student loans in two and a half years. I was able to save, we bought a house, I was able to start investing. And you know, it was easy, right? Because that's what we know. I was working and everything was great and I had a 401k and I had my health insurance through my job and like some of these like silly questions when you're thinking about making the leap 
you know, like they're like kind of scary, but like once you figure it out, it's super easy, but like, you know, you're comfortable. And so I actually just kind of envisioned it always being a side hustle, but then like, it really struck me as like, why, uh, I always talk about like, show me your money and show me your time and I'll show you what you value. And for one of the values for me that I would say, I would say I value spending time with my family, but I wasn't necessarily living it, right? Uh, And I mean, I was, I wasn't like bad, but like I was not able to necessarily go to soccer or on Saturday, right? I was at work and it became like this conflict inside me that was like, you know, I say that I value my family and I say that I value these things, but I wasn't living it. At least I wasn't living it in the way I felt I should be living it in a way that mattered, right? And so that's where it was hard. It was like this like really internal conflict. And I marinated on this like internal conflict for like two years probably, right? Like it was like, why am I still working this day job and side hustling? And everything was going well. You know, we were on this path, but like I wasn't like living what I felt was like my truth, right? And so like eventually it came to a head and I was like, I'm just going to pull the trigger and make this big decision. And it was nine months though of planning that. So like I made the decision in January of the year and I was like, I I worked at Target, like you said, and uh, I was like, I'm not going to do another holiday season. So I'm going to make sure like by September I'm done. And so like I kind of set up my whole like like a nine month plan of like, when am I going to give my notice? I gave a two month notice, right? Like how am I going to line up health insurance? Like, you know, make sure everything's in order, but like, you know, kind of plan it out over the course of nine months when I finally got the courage, right? Because it was like a lot of courage involved and like, you know, kind of got all of our ducks in a row financially and emotionally and psychologically. (laughs) Yeah. Leaving that W2 job, that paycheck is one of the hardest things to do. I remember when I did it, when I was walking away from that paycheck, I was, I was blessed because I had my real estate. I had all my rental properties making me money. I knew for certain that I would not have to worry about anything because I didn't have to because I had money coming in. Now, a lot of other people don't have that luxury. Now, when you're thinking about like, I I want to obviously show that we're normal people. So you started working at Target. Tell us where you started and what the position was and then what you worked your way up to. And then you eventually started a business and then quit your job. Yeah. So I started Target when I was 16 years old and I started as a car attendant and, uh, you know, I just worked, I kind of worked in every position, right? I started as a car attendant and then was like a cashier and then worked on this, you know, sales floor and in the back. And I became an hourly supervisor at Target when I was uh, in college. Uh, and so I was a cashier supervisor and I worked on the sales floor. And then, uh, after college, I became an assistant manager and I just continued promoting my way up. And after a couple of years of that, I became a full store manager. Um, and so, you know, I had the benefit. I, I worked my way up. I knew it. I liked it. Great company to work for, good benefits. Um, You know, I liked the people. And so it was great. It was comfortable. And, you know, because I did it for so long, I did it for 17 years, right? And uh, so it became, and that was even like almost like worse, right? It became so easy because I knew it and I'd worked from the bottom up so I could do everything and tell you everything. But on the flip side, like it made it harder to leave. And it made it harder to like almost, you know, exit it, right? And I wanted to do it in a respectful way. I built a long career there and I knew everybody there. And so it was challenging, but um, I really liked when I was working there. It was great. A lot of great people. and It was fun. And one of the things I learned about myself when I was there is that I don't like office desk jobs, right? I like Target because you'd be out on the floor like doing things. And as corny as it sounds, even as a store manager, I was out stocking boxes and folding clothes and stuff because... I like being with people, talking to people, and I really hated being in an office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. I love being around. I love moving around. I love talking to people. Now, if a cart pusher can get their work their way up to be a manager of Target, which is, I, I pushed uh, carts when I was 16 or 17-ish at Walmart. I've done that. I mean, in, the, in Fresno, California, where we lived, it was like 115 degrees or 110 degrees pushing carts. I mean, it was, it was rough. Did you, have a, did you have the rope and you're like pulling it with there? Or did yes, you have to that, have the car? We, did, we didn't have those. Now they have like electronic carts now. Yeah, like, we didn't have that. exactly. When I started, man, you made a rope with a handle on it and you pulled it, man. Now they have all these cart movers and they're taking like 25 at a time. Like, shoot, I started with seven carts. 
and a rope. So we had we were we had two cart pushers, one in the back, and we had to make or we, we were trying to do a competition of who could push the most carts. One was oh, basically yeah. steering. And so I think I got to like sixty two carts or something like that. I'm just as hard as I can pushing and it's going like an inch a minute. I mean, oh, yeah. anyway, so I think yeah. every cart attendant has that story of how many carts can you push? Exactly. That is like what you do. <laughs> So if somebody like us, cart pushers, can eventually work our way to where we don't have a job, where we have businesses or investments coming in, where we don't have to work, I mean, anybody can do that, right? <laughs> yeah, anyone can do it. I mean, it's, it's just all about your mindset, your work ethic, and like, just, you gotta do the work. Like, there's no way around it. Like, it's like weight loss, right? We all know what we're supposed to do, <laughs> but are you actually doing it, right? <laughs> I agree. I agree. So now let's look at the college investor. That's a fantastic, a phenomenal business. So you started when you were in college, you've grown it up and it was a side hustle at first. And then you realize, mm -hmm. hey, we can make or I can make a go at this. And now it seems like it's a very, very successful business. I mean, you got you got I believe, like 3 million uh, viewers or, or people come visiting your site a day or sorry, a month. Is that correct? I wish it was a day. Yeah, I know. But a month. Yeah, we definitely got it. That'd be that'd be crazy. But yeah, we get 3 million visitors a month. Um, it's just continuing to grow. And, uh, you know, we're trying to set this up as a great financial resource for people to make those money decisions in an unbiased way. Hopefully we provide great reviews and great content to help people navigate that. Well, there's fantastic content on there. I mean, there, there absolutely is. So thecollegeinvestor.com is your, your way that you make money to provide for your family so you don't have to work a job. Now, tell us from the very beginning, how if somebody were to start something like this? I mean, it just seems like it's astronomical to be able to build something that gets 3 million people viewing it a month. I mean, it's like, oh, it's going to take me 100 years to get there. Can you tell us, give us, um, a, if you're going to go back and help us figure out how to get started, how to do it, what should we do? Well, let's talk about that too, because I think it's important. Like here we are, it's 10 years later, right? So like I, I'm not this overnight success with this. And in fact, I was a very slow success at this. Um, so when I started the college investor, uh, it took me a year and a half before I made like my first 20 bucks doing it. And honestly, a lot of that was my own learning and knowledge. I probably could have done it faster, but I just didn't know any better. Right. <laughs> so like once I started learning and like, searching and trying to figure it out, I started making a little bit of money, but it took a year and a half before that even happened. Um, and then, you know, I made $7,000 at that year number two, you know, starting there in that second half of the year, once I figured it out, and then it kind of grew from there. And then the next year I made about 20 and then I made about $30,000. And this was on the side, um, which was great. And I know there's people that have a faster track to that, but uh, that was my path. And what I learned though over time is there's a few things that you, whatever you want to start, you kind of have to have these things. It's one of them is consistency. You just have to do it consistently because when you start, you, you frankly, you suck at it. You know, you do. Like I was a terrible writer when I started. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was learning as I was going. But just like any skill or hobby or career, the more you do it, the more you learn, the better you get and the more successful you will be, right? Like these MLB baseball players, you know, they've been playing baseball since they were kids, you know, and that's how they've, they've, they've been playing it every single day for 20 years. And that's why they are where they are. And so you have to do whatever it is you want to do consistently. And then you have to do it over a period of time. So like for me, when I talk about you want to start blogging or you want to start creating content or a podcast or YouTube or Instagram or whatever that looks like for you, you know, you need to do it three times a week. You need to put something out there three times a week, every week for at least a year. And what you get from that is uh, you get practice you get better at it, but by doing it consistently, you build a habit, right? Like it's like, uh, what is that? Like, I don't know the rule, I'm probably going to botch it, but like you have to do something for 21 times before it becomes a habit or something like that. Right? Well, it's the same with creating content, right? And if you do something 21 times, you're at a year. If you do it every week, you're at, what is it? You know, 52 weeks a year, you know, you start just doing it. You build a habit, you get better, you learn, you start building a following. No one's going to read your first thing you do or read your first thing, you know, maybe mom, I don't know. <laughs> right. But like, and probably you're not even going to show her because you're all, everyone's embarrassed, like inside when they put something out there for the first time. <laughs> right. So, you know, you just have to do it consistently and then you have to do the best you can. 
put in the work. When it comes to creating content, I always strive for the best. Uh, I want to put out the best article, the best video, the best podcast, whatever it is that covers whatever we're talking about. And it's hard though, when you are starting, your best isn't the best. It's just frankly not because you don't have the skills and the practice and the learning and experience yet. But you got to try it every time when you're making that consistent content every single week, make it the best you can at that point in time. And then try again the next time and then try again the next time. And then you're going to learn as you go and you're going to get feedback and you iterate and you know, you, you just grow, but like you got to start and you just have to do it consistently. And that's kind of what I, I want to tell anyone in anything is just start and be consistent. So when you're creating content, like especially right now, if you're just getting started, you're going to write, you're going to figure out ways that you're going to write. But then a year from now, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have done it differently. I've learned and now I'm writing better. And then that point a year later, it's going to be the same thing. Man, I wish I would have done it differently. And every single time you're going to come back and say, because you're, we're all going to be growing. And that's something about I love about being successful and unemployed is I'm always trying to grow. I'm always trying to learn, find new ways to make money, provide for my family and all that and, and serve people. So basically what you're now the college investors basically it's it's not just a blog anymore i mean it's a full site that people go and go through now if somebody were to start with a blog now they got to get a hosting service now there's a lot of things you hosting service you got to use wordpress correct is wordpress one of the best ways to go I'm a fan of WordPress. It's super customizable. It's your own. One of the things I, I, I recommend that anyone do, whatever you're creating content and whatever medium you choose, is you should create your own website with your own host and your own domain. Because here's the thing, stuff changes. Maybe you want to be an Instagram or a YouTuber. That's great. But you want to know something? In two or three years, those platforms could change. I mean, shoot, you go back in time three years. I don't even know if Instagram was anything, right? Like we, we live in the present, you know, but social media companies come and go. Uh, platforms come and go. YouTube might go. I mean, we love video today and that's where it is. And I don't think video as a medium is dying, but YouTube as a content service could die. So the goal is, is you need to have your own home base that you control no matter where you create content. It doesn't say that I'm not telling you not to do video. I'm saying do video all day long if that's your jam or do a podcast, you know, do a podcast all day long, but you want to have them come back to your home base, your home base. You can control, um, for whatever happens in the future. And the cool thing is, is maybe you pivot, maybe you change, maybe it's not the platform that changes, but maybe you change, but at least you have your people, your audience, whatever it is that you've grown that you can, you know, have that's yours. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of personally owning the things that I have uh, that are making me money, like all my real estate, all my 30 plus rental properties. I literally own them and they're mine, mm -hmm. my family's, and that's how we make money. And same right. thing with my website. I have a number of websites, but I literally own them. So if something does, like, let's, God forbid, something happens, it kicks you off of YouTube. If you're a YouTuber and you get kicked off of YouTube for whatever reason, then there goes all your income. Now, what you should do is definitely own something. So what I always suggest is if you have a medium where you're uh, distributing content, you want to have your base being something that you own, like your site. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive to get a domain name and get a hosting. I mean, it's like three bucks a month for hosting and like, what, $10 a year for a domain. So it's really not that bad. But you have everything where it's, it's yours. Nobody can take it away, or at least uh, it's, there's a lot of things that would happen for it to get taken away. But long story short, you own that. So I love that idea. So from have, creating the site, now we need, and I know you're fantastic at search and optimization, really trying to get rankings and, and getting people, like basically just getting traffic to the site. Now, once we start we, we find out what we want to go after. Actually, pausing that, what should we talk about? Like, if we're going to create a site where we want to help people out, how should we find what to talk about? Because there's so many things out there. Honestly, it's, you know, this is where it's like follow your passion. And you need to. You need to follow your passion to an extent. And the passion is, is that you have to do, some, you have to create content around a topic that you can do consistently that you're going to want to. Because if you're going to create content around, I don't know, turtles, I'm just going to throw out something, right? Like maybe you want to have a pet turtle. Well, if you're not passionate about turtles, you're going to burn yourself out in three months because like, it's just not your thing. Like you need to create content around something that is going to be interesting enough for you to do every single week, multiple times a week for a year or more. And hopefully it's more. 
But like if you're not passionate or at least interested in it, you're going to fail. So find an area of focus that is something that you're interested in. Now, you don't have to be the expert in this. I think that's the other thing that derails a lot of people is that they feel like they have to be the expert, right? Like you can't talk about personal finance unless you're a CFP or something like that, right? Well, I'm not. And here's the thing is you have to be expert enough. So, you know, if you're talking to someone that has zero knowledge for you, like real estate, if you're talking about someone that has zero knowledge, well, someone that has a little knowledge is already expert enough to help them. And it's the same when it comes to creating content. Like you could also be expert enough, like you know a little bit to get started and like maybe you're going to learn as you go and that's going to be what you talk about. It's going to be your journey, right? Like those are all valid things. Like you don't, don't feel like you have to, this imposter syndrome is what they call it, right? Like just be expert enough, be passionate because that's what people I think care about more is how you communicate, convey and share and relate, right? Like people don't go to a CFP and they choose to go to a blog for a lot of reasons, but relatability, convenience, the comfort of your house, like being able to find it online. Like those are things that matter. And that's across the board in any topic. You can go on fitness, wellness, food, you know, family, uh, religion, uh, travel. Like the, there's so many topics out there under the sun. Um, and you just, you, there, no one can take away who you are. And that's what your unique advantage is. I think in every subject, the data is the data. Across the board, whether it's investing, money, real estate, uh, food, like, shoot, there's just so much, I mean, all the ingredients are the same, but it's, it's you, it's how you put it all together, how you make it, that is your unique selling advantage, um, and no one can ever take that away, it's you. I think it's a, a great, great point. And I always thought, okay, it, in order to make money with a blog or a website, generate traffic, you have to have something that's really fancy or not fancy, but like where a lot of people are searching for. Well, I've interviewed on the show, her name, a lady named Cassidy. She has a website called succulentsandsunshine.com. And yeah. she talks about succulents, a little plants that are about this big. And she's making a lot of money doing it. I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, you can talk about little plants, like not all plants. Plants. Not like a certain, but a little one. Like, Succulents, yeah, it's awesome. And she makes really good money. Okay, so the topic, whatever we're passionate that we can continue going on. I love that, and that we are at least somewhat like we we know more than somebody else. So I I love that, and we can continue. Yeah. Now from look, there, well, let's just well, let's just say too, it doesn't you know it's also not all like sunshine and roses too. Like just because you're passionate about it, like there's also some fundamental stuff that inevitably you're going to have to create that maybe isn't your passion. Like in, in my aspect, like I like talking to people about personal finance. I like talking about like the psychology and the behaviors and stuff. But you know, there's things that like I don't like to write about. Like I don't like to write product reviews. Like it sucks. But on the flip side, I have to be able to, as we're having these fun conversations about things that I like to talk about, I do still need to give them the tools and the resources and things to take action. So when you're thinking about this, like I also want you to realize that it might not be fun if you're a real personal style, whatever it is, blogger, to do some of these things that make you money. But on the flip side, if you don't, you know, it's a hobby. So I think it's important to realize that like if you can blog all day without the idea to make money and that's cool, but that's not a business. It's not going to get you successfully unemployed. That's just going to be a fun hobby. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Like if you want to have a fun hobby online, go for it. But like on the flip side, if you want to become successfully unemployed, you do got to do some of these monetization and money-making aspects, but it doesn't have to take away from what you're passionate about, but you do need to figure out how to intertwine it and relate it. That's a great point. That is a great point. So from finding that and then moving forward, now we're going to start writing about it. Give us some examples of, or roundabout, okay, we don't have any content whatsoever. How do we start with the content and how do we make sure that we write good content that people are going to want to find and will find through search engines? Like, Give us that process of putting content out there for people to find. Yeah. So write the best content for your niche. And it's hard because everything is different, but some good guidelines, right? Let's, let's start there is length. Is it long enough to answer who, what, when, where, how, why? I feel like I'm going back to like second or third grade, right? Like, you know, the who, the what, the when, the where, the how, the why, like, are you answering everything that you can? I like to keep it simple. Like what are people searching for on that topic? Like just Google it, see what other people are talking about and then make it better. 
right? So like if everyone's answering the who, the what, the when, like, well, maybe you give the how and the why in addition to the who, what, the when. Maybe you share your own personal story. Uh, you know, maybe you have some images or some pictures or some charts or some tables or uh, maybe you want to add some audio and video in there to make it, you know, super interactive. Um, that's how you make it, it better. And by doing it, like, it's so much easier to share it and get traffic and you feel better about sharing it and trying to get people to promote your stuff when it's the best. You know, like when you already know that it's like easy, like the, the greatest article or whatever on that idea, the sharing it becomes actually easier because you're like, dude, this is the best thing that's out there. Like no one, people are going to want to share it. But if you're trying to get people to share junk, like you're going to feel bad about it. People aren't going to share it. You're not going to see the results. Like I want to say there's this rule about, you know, like marketing and it's like, you know, you can put a bunch of marketing behind a turd, but all that's going to happen is you're going to shine a bunch of light on a turd. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great point. So when we're writing the content, we want to make sure we're answering or making sure we're filling in all the blanks that somebody who's searching for whatever the topic is, we want to make sure that we're going to be going after that and fulfilling whatever that person is searching for. Now, what do we, how do we know what people are searching for? I don't even worry about it. Find your niche and just answer the questions that people care about in your niche. And there's limitless topics. I, just Google it. See what's out there. I mean, there's things like, I think it's answer the public, helps you with idea formation. You can use paid tools like Ahrefs or Moz. But like when you're starting out, just answer the questions that you want to know the answer to. And that's honestly, a, if you're point. a beginner and you're trying to figure this topic out, seriously doing that is probably what other beginners want to know. And yes, you can iterate and you're going to learn. This is what comes with time and practice and stuff. But like, I don't even do a lot of that stuff. I just want to answer the questions that I'm curious to know about that I hear my people online talking about. Like, let's just, just keep it simple. Like, but then do it the best. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, just answering the questions not enough. Like, does it actually answer everything? Does it show alternatives? Does it you know, like I said, do the who, what, when, where, how, why, like all that kind of stuff. So there is so much and we're, you, you and I, we're talking about high level stuff. There's so much that you can learn in each thing that Robert just said, you can learn so much in how to do that right. And one tip I would give you is literally just go to the collegeinvestor.com and look up any one of his articles. I mean, they're very well written. He's got great videos. It's got so many great things. You just use that as like, Hey man, how is he doing it? Let me look at how he's doing it. And then basically not copy the word for word. It's plagiarism, but you want to see the style, the format, how he's talking. He's just being a, a normal person making a conversation through text to somebody reading it. So I've done that. I went, man, what's Robert doing right now? What's, what's he doing nowadays? I, oh, wow, that's great stuff. <laughs> I got to put that in my business. So now from here, how do you monetize? Like now, what, how long until we should monetize? And then how do we actually monetize? So, I mean, I think you should start trying to from day one. It's not going to hurt you um, and you're going to learn. And that's why I think you should start and try. Um, so there's so many ways to monetize. Some of the biggest quote unquote popular ways to monetize is display advertising, right? Like you see the banners and the, the pictures and stuff on the site. Um, you can be an affiliate. Being an affiliate is where you get paid a commission for referring other products and services, um, which is another really easy way to start because you could be like an affiliate for amazon.com, which is literally like the biggest library of things to buy in the whole world, right? And Granted, the sales, the, the, the affiliate commission isn't necessarily a lot, but hey, you know, if you make a dollar for recommending an ebook, like I think that's a huge win. And even today, like I love that. Um, and then you can, you know, move into being an affiliate for other products and services. Um, you can be a brand partnership, right? So like this is where a brand or a company would pay you to promote their product or service. And that can be done in so many ways. It could be a blog post, an Instagram story, a sponsored video. Um, you could go work for them like, and they could have you in an ad or be like a brand spokesman. But you know, that's not a beginner thing. That's as you go down the road. Um, you know, like, like the list just goes on and on and on. I'm probably, I'm missing a whole bunch of them, but like, there's just so many ways you could sell your own product and service. It's what you do. You could build a course, you could build a product, uh, you know, and you could sell your own services yourself as a coach or, you know, whatever that happens to be, even in, even in random niches, like people can still be coaches. You could create an ebook and sell an ebook, something like that. Like 
I don't know, like the list just goes on and on of the ways to monetize. And that's why I think it doesn't hurt to start early because you're going to try things. They might not work out. They might work out great. You never know. But like if you don't try it and practice and learn, um, you won't know necessarily what takes off. So out of all the percentage of the entire percentage of all the money that comes into the college investor, can you give us like 20% ads or 10% this, or can you give us an, an idea of how the college investor makes money? Yeah. So we're advertising driven. So we do mostly uh, affiliates, brand partnerships, a little bit of display. We do sell a little bit of our own products and services, um, but that's a very small fraction of it. And this is where I like it because it, it's, it's my market too. Uh, in the financial services industry, uh, people don't necessarily want to pay for advice, especially if like you're in debt or something like, and I feel weird asking for money too. Like you're in debt, and you're trying to get out of debt and you're going to pay me to help you get out of it, that's just wrong. Like people expect that information for free, but that doesn't mean that there's not a product or service that I can maybe connect you with that they would benefit, I benefit, and the reader benefits from as well. And that's how we get paid. And that's how we view advertising. Like, uh, you know, I, you sign up for a bank account, the bank will pay me, but like, I'm also not going to recommend a crappy account for you. I'm going to recommend a place that's like a free checking account that's not going to send you astray, meets your financial goals. And yes, I get compensated. The bank wins, you win, I win. And that's how I try to view it is set up these win, win, win um, kind of situations, like a great product and service with great content that actually like helps you. Why not? Like it, it's a no brainer, right? I agree. I agree. That's fantastic. So you don't do like Google ads or do you do the Google ads? A little bit of display ads. So I, I bucket that in display. Um, Google is one provider of display ads. There's a lot of different providers out there, but Google's a great starting point. Um, but, you know, I think the world's moving away from that. Uh, frankly, like, I think they look ugly. They ruin the user experience, but they do still serve a purpose. I have them in a few spots. That I'm not going to say, like, we don't monetize from that, but we've eliminated probably 95 to 98% of all of our display advertising over the last few years um, in terms of other formats. Wow, that's great. So now, outside of the monetization, because there's so many different ways to do it, and that's a whole big ball of wax <laughs> just to all, learn yeah, that. Totally. Yeah, there's so much. But affiliates are a great way to do it. But looking outside of that, now, you've been building up this business for 10 years, and it's a fantastic business. Now you have people working for you, which is great. It's even, it's a bigger business now. How much time do you currently spend on the college investor a week? Yeah, I mean, I still probably put in 20 to 30 hours a week. Uh, but, it, you know, it's on my time and it's remotely where I want to be. I do have an office. I come to the office like two to three times a week for a few hours and I schedule it around my life. So I usually drop my son off at school. I come and work uh, between like, you know, nine and two and then I go pick him up and then I'm done for the day. And that's not to say that it's not full time work either, because like, yes, I do. I'm on my phone. I'm on social media and I'm checking emails at night and different things. But it's flexible in terms of when I work, what that looks like. Uh, where it's happening. And, you know, I, I, I can also say no too, right? You absolutely can. Which That's is something hard. about being, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's something about being successful and employed. You're, you can be location dependent, like, or sorry, independent, where you can go wherever you want. You can have your own office wherever you want. You can work out of your house. So you can do whatever you want. And that's what I love about being successful and employed. Now, if somebody were to get started and they're looking at, man, you know, Robert has this great website. What would you go back that you did possibly wrong or you would do differently some suggestions or advice that you can give to your former self or to somebody else listening as they're getting started? Yeah. So the biggest reason I like I, I failed for the first year and a half is I didn't network. I did not connect with anyone, which is, you know, ironic because you know why I like, started a blog is because I, I, I read a blog post about how to start a blog. And I'd also been reading blogs for a long time. So I actually had already like been out in the world of the internet. I liked what I saw and I took action on someone else's, but then like I siloed myself. I, I took that initial action and then I just was doing it myself. And I never thought to reach out, to connect, to network with other bloggers or other influencers in the space. And that was the big failure that took me a year and a half to not make any money because that, that, that year and a half mark, what happened was, is when I started networking with other personal finance bloggers and I started learning and we started sharing each other's content and I started just these basic, it wasn't in person networking, it was just online, like tweeting at people and actually connecting and, you know, being on a Facebook group and, you know, getting to know other people just online. 
But if I was to start over again, networking in whatever space it is, it would be one of the first things that I do, not I love that. one of the last things. And it does, like I said, it doesn't have to be in person, but literally like who's who? Who should I be following on social media? Can I share their content? Can I join them? Like, are they, are they going to certain events? Is there anyone in my area that I could go to coffee with? Like, and you know, just connecting and learning because it all goes around. Like I wouldn't try to like get them to share my stuff or here do this article, but how can I help them? How can I share their stuff? And just reading and being a part of it and you know, being a wallflower and, uh, you learn so much, they'll get to know you and then it all becomes mutually beneficial. Um, and that's, that's the one thing I didn't do. And uh, I would, if I started over again today in any industry, in any niche, uh, definitely networking is key. That's fantastic. I know I started Master Passive Income back in 2015, tail end of 2015. And then little by little, you just was putting so, you know, uh, content out there. Wasn't really doing, I still had a full-time job, still had my investments. So it was just more for fun. But my business, Master Passive Income, didn't start doing well or didn't start making money and really start influencing and helping people until I started networking. I went to my first conference, which was FinCon, where that's one of the conferences that you and I both go to um, yeah. in 2017. So two years later is when I finally went to that. And I realize, man, I was doing this all wrong. I thought it was a competition, but there's so much to go around. You know, even people that are in the exact same space as me, I'm working with them. I'm helping them out and all that sort of stuff. So I love that advice. That's fantastic advice. Now from here, help me to round out the steps to starting a business like this. So Number one, we need to know what type of niche we're going to get, whatever we're going to talk about. We need to dial that down. Is that the first place to start? Yeah. I mean, and the cool thing is, is that you can be kind of broad. You don't need to dial it down right away. Just start. See what sticks. This is the cool thing I love about the internet. So we're going to like generalize internet business, but like nothing's permanent. <laughs> like it's all digital. So if you don't like something, you can delete it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you can change it or modify it or improve it, right? And so like just start is honestly it with a broad, like a broad paintbrush. And then as you learn, you iterate, you see what's working well, you can definitely narrow down and then you can always go back and adjust it. We're not printing books here, making something really physical. Like it's all digital. You can go back and change it. So just get started. I love that. So getting that niche, get, getting started and go, working towards now getting a hosting site, get, well, getting the domain, getting a hosting site, then getting WordPress. We, we, I both, we both love WordPress. And then from there, just start putting out content, start putting out things that answer the questions that people who are searching for what you are offering, what they're asking for. Is that correct? Yep, exactly. And don't get hung up on, don't get hung up on your site design. Once again, you can iterate, you can change it. I'm on like design number five or six over the life of my site at this point in time. Uh, don't get hung up on your logo. Don't even get hung up on your site name. Cause this one, I, I see this question a lot and you probably do too. Like what, I feel like I should change my name. I feel like this, nobody cares what you name your site. When was the last time you ever even looked at the name of your site if it wasn't a major brand? Like, yes, there's brand awareness, but you're not starting as Apple. Like, <laughs> literally, you're not. You are starting as whoever you are and just start. And people are gonna find you by the content you create, your output. And if they like you, they're gonna bookmark you or follow you. And they're never gonna remember what you are again because now you're just gonna show up in their feed. <laughs> like they're not gonna remember your name, right? So just keep that in mind, just start. And you can change it, you know, you can. I don't recommend you do, but like you can change it. You can change your site design, you can change your logo. You can, you can change your content. So just put it out there. You can also, no one's gonna read your first blog post. No one's gonna see your first Instagram story. So don't get hung up on like this launching and what do I, what should I do? Just get it out there. And then, you know, six months from now, you can reshare all that first content when you actually have some people that might see it. But seriously, on day zero, on day one, no one no one cares. No one sees it. Just put it out there. And we grow as we get, as we go, as we continually be doing the business, you're going to grow. And so what I wrote back, I don't know, in 2015, I've made it better. And I even repurposed that into a blog or sorry, into a podcast. So I actually, yep. for a master passive income podcast, I even use that. I'm like, you know what? I already, this is great stuff. Why would I not use it? So I just spoke it out loud into a podcast. So 
Absolutely. Now, there's one thing we haven't touched on, and um, not not all sites do this, but what are your thoughts about a newsletter and collecting email addresses? Now, we're not in the business of just collecting emails because that doesn't make us money. It's obviously monetizing afterwards. But what are your thoughts about collecting emails and getting a newsletter? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I do it. Um, but my goal is to honestly meet people where they're at. So I'm in a different place in you know, my business and my career where like I, I'm able to do these multi funnels and stuff like that. And I recommend it. It's easy to set up, takes you like 20 minutes, get started, try it out. But like, I do think we should meet people where they're at. If they're in their inbox, I want to meet them there. If they're on the blog, I want to meet them there. If they're on social, I want to meet them there. Um, I think that's challenging when you start out. So I would say pick a medium or two where your audience is and, and just focus on that. And maybe that is email for whatever industry or niche you're thinking about for your business, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's uh, Instagram and YouTube. Maybe it's a blog. Maybe, it's, uh, maybe it is LinkedIn and email. Maybe it's mostly business people that are checking in the day. I don't know. Everyone's industry and, and, and niche is different, but figure out what, where, like ask yourself, where are you? And then maybe that's where you should be for your readers as well if you're passionate about that subject matter. And I love that idea. And on top of that, we can start one place and then keep growing. Like you've, you've said many, many times, we, we help ourselves to find new areas and new ways to reach people. And what I love is I have the same content but it, for Master Passive Income, but it's distributed in many different ways from in physical book form to an article on my blog, to a podcast, to um, uh, in my course, to the free um, emails that I send out there. It's the same content, but it's distributed yep. many, many different ways because people digest content differently. So you want to reach them where they're at. So that's a great, great point. Now, if you're looking at somebody else that's going to be successful and employed, how long would you say that it would be like four years, five years where they would start feeling comfortable, like they have money coming in? If they're diligent and they're, like you said, they're, they're being consistent, what is a time frame to be able to be successful and employed? So I'm a, to get successfully unemployed is different for everybody, right? Like we can go into fire and what your number looks like and how much income you have. But I, I'm a firm believer that if you are consistent at three times of content creation per week, by the one year mark, you are paying for your business and probably making $500 to $1,000 a month in income. If you're consistent and network and are putting out the best content, if you're following these steps that we're talking about, by the one year mark, you should be covering expenses and making $500 to $1,000 a month. Now, what that means for you financially is kind of on you. Uh, I can't necessarily say that, but like I can tell you it's a great side hustle income and I can tell you that it's going to put you on the path to potentially do more. Maybe you don't want it to. Maybe you want to have this always be a side hustle and you're going to get successfully unemployed by combining multiple strategies. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be your day job and you're going to have to side hustle and you're going to do real estate, right? Like you can put all these together to get to whatever goal you want. Um, but I think that's on you, but I, I'm a firm believer if you are consistent Every week for a year, you will be in a really good spot in terms of your money making and revenue potential of a side hustle in the content creation online space. Man, imagine that in just a year, being able to make money. And within, if, if one year you're trying to make money, two years you're making okay money, three yeah. years you're making decent money, four years you're making good money. I mean, imagine. It, like, there's never been a time in the world where somebody can be so successful in such a short period of time through technology, through the internet, and through serving other people. Like that's what we do with Master mm -hmm. Passive Income, Success Unemployed, and College Investor. We try to serve other people. And the more people we serve, and that's what's great about the internet, we can serve so many more people because of ways that people find us. And so just imagine in four years or three years being able to have enough money where if you're making, you know, 4000 dollars a month. You might in three years, maybe four years, be able to replace that entire income with your side hustle when you start, but then eventually you are a business owner. So that is, yeah, I, uh, it's amazing. I, yeah. No, it's super amazing. That's what I love about this day and age. I mean, you can do this on your smartphone. You don't even need a computer these days. Like you could do this on your phone. But I think the hard part for most people is that timeline. Like we talk about a year but when you're living that year, it's challenging. And I think that's the bigger part. And so I do think like you just set that goal for yourself, like focus on this week of being consistent and next week of being consistent and know that these like timelines are out there, but like trying to tell someone from the start a year 
that's, it's challenging because like, you know, we're such an instantaneous world today. And like, you put that blog post out and like, I mean, I don't know, I've done this about you, but how many people have looked at it already? You know, like, we're like trying to like get this instant validation, um, even today. And that's, what's challenging. And it's hard because like when you start, you put that blog post out and you have a fat zero of how many people have read it next to it. And that can just be demoralizing, but realize like it takes time, consistency, effort, and it gets easier over time because you get more practice and it gets better over time and you start seeing results, which then like fuels you. Um, but it like takes that time to get there. And, uh, but it's hard. It's not, you know, you don't put it out there and suddenly you're making money. Like it does take time and consistency and effort and mental fortitude to get through those periods of, you know, you're not seeing the growth you felt like you should. I love it. Okay, so now we're getting to the part where we're gonna do the rapid fire questions. Really quick questions, try to you know, come up with your answers. But with the rapid fire, we're gonna be going through some, some deeper questions. So with being successful and employed, we have more time because we don't have a job. How are you helping the world to be a better place with the extra time that you have? Yeah, so we try to give back, uh, whether it's in our community or whatnot. And, uh, you know, actually, we just set up a volunteer thing next week. I'm taking my son. I'm going to pull him out of school early and we're going to go sort food and stuff. And it's really about educating. Like, honestly, I feel like if I take care of my family and my home and we try to give back to the community in ways as well and teach them that, like, then we are actually doing the world a better place. And my goal, is, honestly, is can I instill, like, I don't really care about what my kids do or anything in the world, but I want them to be kind. <laughs> And I want them to like be able to support themselves and have like an understanding of financial basics. Cause I feel like if they're not burdening others and they're kind people, then I've been successful. <laughs> and I so love that. that's my goal. I completely agree with that. Now, another question, if you were to go back and tell your cart pushing self, you're 16 years old, what, what would, what advice, what big broad piece of advice would you give yourself? Uh, you have the time to do whatever it is you want to do. How are you spending your time? You can watch movies, you can watch Netflix, you can sit around all day, or you can go out and side hustle and try things out and learn and explore and educate yourself and try to make money and do that. And honestly, you have more energy now when you're 16 than you ever will the rest of your life. So now's the time when you can you know, burn the candle at both ends of the day and try out new things and put the work in. And the cool thing is, is you can reap the dividends from that work for the rest of your life. Um, but are you just going to blow that time and blow that money and blow that effort? Or are you going to like really put something that you could set up a lifetime where you're so like enjoying it and have value and stuff like that? So. That's a great, great point. I, the older I get, the more I value time because that's the most expensive thing you're ever going to spend. So it's going to eventually go away and you're not going to have any more of it. So great, great right. point. So what tools maybe two or three tools. It could be online, could be something else that you're currently using to help you in your business or yourself. What tools are you using? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I use the Google suites for everything. I love it. Uh, calendar, Gmail docs, spreadsheets. Um, but I combine it with Asana. So I'm an Asana buff and, uh, everyone's got their own style, but I think everyone needs some kind of task management, even for their personal stuff organization system. I'm a digital kind of native. I like Asana. I have it on my phone, on my desktop, but maybe it's a calendar for you. Uh, maybe it's a planner, but everyone needs something. So I'm, I'm just super bullish on that. And then let's get to the personal finance nut in me, right? Everyone needs some kind of tool to organize their financial lives. So I will tell you before we get to any of this unemployed stuff, before we get to any of the financial independence stuff, the number one reason people fail with money it's just they're not organized with it. Like they just don't even know what they have. What's coming in? What's going out? How much do I owe? What's on my cards? What's in my bank account? Get organized. So I like to use, I just, I don't like any of the tools right now. The one I'm using is personal capital. Um, but I've, I like Quicken. There's mint.com. But you know what? There's great Excel spreadsheets. There's uh, Tiller does like a Google sheet thing. There is, uh, you know, you can get planners and notebooks if you're a pen and paper kind of person, but you've got to get financially organized too. Like you need your life and like your schedule and you're that kind of organized. You've got to get your money organized 
or else you're not going to achieve any kind of goals financially either. That's a great, great point. Now, I am so, I'm definitely not a budget person. Like if if we're doing a budget and my wife notices that, hey, we're like 50 cents off or 28 cents off, she's like, we got to make it balance. And I'm like, why? Here's 28 cents. Just, it doesn't but it's matter. Not about, so, and it's not about budgeting. I'm not a budget person either, but it's about being organized because, you know, you might not budget, but I guarantee you know what's in your checking account right now. absolutely (laughs) and so like most people don't though and that's the scarier thing just get organized maybe budgeting is your style maybe it's not uh but if you don't have a clear picture of what you have you can't even make a choice about whether i need to budget you know that's a great point. Yeah, at any given time, I know exactly where and my where my money is, where my properties are. I just know that because I've been doing it for so long, but I had to do that from the very beginning. I had to figure out how to do that. So that's a great point. Now, the last thing is, what is a nonfiction book that you would strongly recommend your younger self or somebody just listening right now? Read this one book or maybe two books that were really going to help you be very successful in your future. Uh, in the personal finance life, I love Ramit's I Will Teach You to Be Rich phenomenal book, really clickbaity headline. I don't know if you've read it, uh, but it's a super clickbaity, like catchy title. I will teach you to be rich. But what the book actually does is it teaches you all these great tactics and gives you tools that you could implement right now that will teach you to be rich. It will set up these fundamental systems. I've been giving that. I'm actually gifting it right now for the holidays. Um, I love that book. I think it's a great one. And then honestly, I think uh, that that catchy headline does at least get you to open the book. And that's a start. You know, I think that's half the battle with any kind of book or reading material, right? Is how do you get them to open the cover to get into the meat and potatoes? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great book. I, I went through probably the majority of about half of it. And then I realized, man, I'm already doing all this stuff. And so I stopped. And I, <laughs> yeah, and that's so, it. So you probably are. But like what you said, it's what would you give your younger self? What was oh, the, absolutely. That's the basic beginner? I love giving it to college graduates um, that are just getting their financial footing in order. Like people are getting their life together. Like it's a great one if they take action and actually do it. Automating yes, your money, agree. getting organized, like just simple stuff. Seems yeah, basic. At the but time that I, I was going through that book. I had already become successful in the So I was reading, I was like, oh, I've already done this, but it's because I've already learned how to do it beforehand. So it's a great book. Now, Robert, you've been so generous with your time helping people to see how to become successful and employed like us normal people are. I mean, you're a normal person. I'm a normal person. It's great being, being able to know you and, and be friends. And so how can somebody reach you? How can they contact you or even just, you know, find out the things that you're doing? Yeah. So you can come to thecollegeinvestor.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, our College Investor YouTube channel is there. And then if you're listening to this on audio, we have the College Investor Audio Show. Uh, Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform. Awesome. Man, Robert, hey, thank you so much for your time. It's been super, I mean, I'm I'm definitely learning. So Robert, thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Now, isn't that absolutely fantastic that Robert is able to provide for his family with a website and what he has created with this business over the span of 10 plus years is now a fantastically, uh, basically trafficked site. Three million people, three million viewers or more coming to his site every single month and he is able to help them with all their financial needs. At the same time, he makes money from those people coming in, even just through helping them out. He makes extra money because of that. It's so awesome that he's helping people and able to make money doing that. So remember, go and get my best-selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. I'm going to give it to you for free. Go to Successfully Unemployed co forward slash free book. All right, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Check the description for anything and all the links and all the show notes and everything. It'll all be in there. You guys are fantastic. I will see you next time with another fantastic interview with a fantastic entrepreneur, side hustle expert and investor and all around person that makes money without that J-O-B, that just over broke job. All right, guys, I'll see ya.